Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. This is Carol G. Robinson, State Chairman of the Texas Coalition of Black Democrats, and I'm reaching out to remind you to vote, and to vote Democrat from top to bottom on your ballot. If you're voting by mail, fill out your ballot and mail it back as soon as possible. Don't wait. Early voting begins in person on October 13th and ends on October 30th. Election day is November 3rd. Vote Democrat. Political ad paid for by the Texas Black Democrats Party. Good evening, good evening, and welcome once again to Marvelous Monday. It is so amazing to have each of you right back here with us again on Marvelous Monday. We thank Miss Rihanna, our engineer, for getting us going for the evening, and also we want to make sure she takes care of our little baby, Colin, so I'm opening the show for us, and so I want to personally thank Ms. Rihanna for all the great work that she does every single week in making sure that everybody finds out about what we'll be talking about tonight on Marvelous Monday and each Monday, and that we can kick off our show and really get off to a great start. We thank you so much, Ms. Rihanna. As we know, everybody, before I get into the show we want to thank everybody for listening, and Ms. Rihanna always tells you exactly how to find us uh, here on, let, let's see, let me see if she's going to tell it or if she wants me to tell. Uh, no, she wants me to tell. So I, I'm glad that you're listening right here, right now. You can listen to us on Stitcher. You can also go to our website, Blog Talk USA Radio, and listen.com and listen uh, each week. Uh, As you know, we're in the midst of an election, election time. Early voting has started here in Texas. We have amazing turnouts. Uh, Well, listen, before we really get started, let's find out if Mr. Arthur is there. Mr. Arthur, are you here yet? Are you there? Mr. Arthur is one of our co-hosts. And, of course, uh, tonight we have uh, Dr. Nancy Nichols that's on with us tonight. And, Dr. Nichols, you want to go ahead and say hello to us? Press one, and you'll be in the queue, and we'll be able to hear your message. Greetings, Dr. Nichols. How are you? Hello. Hello. As everybody knows, Dr. Nichols is one of the co-hosts on our Thursday show, but it's always a pleasure to have you, Dr. Nichols, when you stop by and see us on Monday night. Uh, It's great to have you. How's everything going at the election booth? Okay, well, I can tell you how things are going where I've been. Today, I actually was in Lindale, Texas, and the lines were very long in Lindale, Texas. And then we headed on over to uh, the Heritage Building. These are the places that we have early voting going on in Tyler. And then after that, I ended up uh, downtown Tyler at the Hub. And so it was a scattered few there, but we're still encouraging people do not wait 
until Election Day, November the 3rd. Not a good thing to do. Get it out of the way so that those people who cannot come during weekdays, because let me share with you that on Saturday morning, as uh, people thought the election uh, places were open, people were showing up at the Heritage Building to, to vote because they just knew that uh, we would be open on the weekend since we closed from 8 until 5 on the weekday, but it didn't happen. But let me just share with you quickly before we really get into everything that's going on all around us that this coming Saturday, the 24th, uh, will be our car van, and so we'll be putting all that information out on our Facebook page. We'll put it on our website. We'll put it every place, but uh, Tyler, Unite Tyler, as well as along with the Democratic Club, is going to sponsor a car van, and so we're encouraging as many people to be involved with that as possible. We're going to be meeting at uh, Glenwood, Street or Avenue here in Tyler, Texas, right in the middle of Martin Luther King and Gentry Parkway. That's our parade route. We always line up there every parade that we have in the northern part of the city. So we're asking you to come with your clappers. If you have a, a megaphone, microphone uh, that you can use, um, a bullhorn, any of those things, bring your signs on your cars, put some balloons uh, in your windows. Anything, everything to alert the people, and then we're going to drive through District uh, 2 and 3. We're going to drive through 3 first. That's my district. And then we're going to end up around about the Heritage Building. Uh, that's District 2, uh, the district uh, for Broderick McGee, who is running for reelection. And then our final stop will be right there at the Heritage Building, and uh, we have our tent that's set up there each day. We'll have waters and refreshments and things to give out. We'll have material so that you'll know who's on the ballot. And, uh, and I'm pushing certain ones for you to vote for because I've studied these candidates and I see what they're talking about. I see what their platforms are and how that they can help us to move forward uh, in this country for the greater good of all mankind. So that's what I'm pushing for. So join us, please. Lineup will be at 8.30, and then we will take off at 09 o'clock that morning, and we'll circle all throughout uh, the community, uh, pushing and encouraging people, because this is, and I, ha- I cannot say this enough, this is probably the most important election that we have ever had, that we have ever been involved in. So many things are on the ballot, uh, from health care to, you just go down the line, all the kitchen table issues that we deal with every single day is on the ballot. So by all means, come and join us. Do your part. Cast your voice. I saw something really unique uh, today, uh, this afternoon. They were featuring comments that young folk, children, I'm talking about our young, young children, uh, were posting on signs, and one says, your vote count, yours too. Your vote count and yours too. In other words, everybody's vote counts. Every voice is important. So let's make sure that we cast that vote. Okay, so now let's see who all that we have on with us tonight, Ms. Rihanna. Uh, I'm 
trying to find out if, in fact, my co-host, Mr. Arthur, is on this. Uh, Dr. Nichols said her line dropped, and so if she come, comes back in, uh, then we'll let her have a word or two to say. Uh, Dr. Nichols, have, did you make it back in yet? Oh, yes. Okay, great. Dr. Nichols, tell us who exactly who you are. I mean, everybody does, but there may be one or two who does not know your position uh, here in the area. So uh, tell us who you are and then give us a little bit of words of encouragement, and then we're going to get ready to have a dialogue for the night. And we want you to stay on as long as you can. And then, of course, the Madam President of the, of the uh, Democratic Club, uh, is probably going to come in later on, and we certainly want her to have words to say as well. Go ahead, Dr. Nichols. Thank you so much, Dr. McKellar. I am Nancy Nichols. I am the Senate District 1 committee woman for the State Democratic Executive Committee, but I am also with TDP, the Texas Democratic Party Voter Protection, and I'm a poll watcher, and that's really what I want to talk about whenever Uh, I can jump in because I want to talk about curbside voting, emergency ballots. I want to talk about felons and how our felons are being missed. I want to talk about voter suppression. And then also about the need for our Democrats to be out at the polling locations, holding up signs, thanking voters. We just need some more active Democrats out there. (laughs) Okay. So tell us what you're seeing. Talk to us a little bit then about, you mentioned the felons. And so can you give us a layout of the fact that because some felons, felons think that they cannot vote, some know that they can but are having a difficult time. So would you address that a little bit, uh, please, ma'am? I thank you, and I appreciate that because every single day we are finding that Persons who have had felony charges, who have done everything that's required of them, they are off paper, they are clear, and maybe have been for 10 years, still think that they cannot vote. And that is not true. They have actually been told at the polls, well, you're a felon, you can't vote, when in fact they have taken care of all of their obligations to society, yes, they can vote. Now, they have to be registered. That's true. But they can (laughs) vote. Yes. And and, and we did have, we had, I know, at least one case. Well, actually, we had two. I had a call on one today, and I think that you know about that one as well. But we had someone to drive all the way in. I want to mention him because uh, he drove all the way from Houston. He was living here in Tyler. He did a change of address, did not get that change of address notice back from uh, from the election office. They actually sent a letter to him saying that he did not complete, but they can't. They could not tell him what part of the uh, application that he filled out to change his address that he did not complete because I think there's only one thing that you do, right, is say, I'm moving to this address and this is my new address and mail my uh, voter's card to this new address. Uh, But he drove all the way, that's four hours from Houston, Texas, back to Smith County, and he was not able uh, to vote. And he still did not get a chance to vote, right, Dr. Nichols? Uh, We had an interesting situation. We talked with 
Voter Protection, the Texas Democratic Party, and we also called in one of our voter protection persons, who is a local attorney, who walked in with him, and our uh, Brother Ralph was able to vote a provisional ballot. However, let okay. me point out that any time there's this kind of situation, it should have been offered from the get-go, a limited ballot or a provisional yes. ballot. He was not yes. offered either one initially. Right. And I am looking at his um, the letter that he received from the voter about the voter registration application, and it just says your voter registration application has been reviewed and fails to include all information. That's all it says. Right. We're enclosing okay. another application. Interesting. So, do you know what all is on that application? What, what on the change of address application. The change of address. Right. Uh, what is on all that? that is is to change your address. It does exactly. not change your voter ID number. It does not change anything right. like that. And That's also, he received this letter on October the 6th, which really messes up everything for him in terms of voting, and it is not his fault. Right. Okay, thank you so much for that. We also have on, I believe Ms. Rihanna just sent me a message that we have one of our dear, 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 dear friends uh, that's on with us tonight. Uh, I believe uh, he is out of Beaumont, Texas. Uh, let's see if we have anybody from Beaumont, Texas on with us tonight. Mr. Cooper, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello, doctor. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm wonderful, wonderful. It's always a pleasure when we have Mr. Michael Cooper on with us uh, tonight. Uh, tell us how things are going over in Beaumont, Texas, on the voting ballot, in the voting booth, uh, Mr. Cooper. Well, uh, just like uh, Sister Nichols said there, uh, we, we need you out working the polls, same thing. But we're excited. Uh, we have two historical uh, areas where people are voting at the courthouse, at uh, John's uh, Library, and also Theodore uh, Elmo Willard Library, two of the first African-American civil rights attorneys in Beaumont, Texas, Jefferson County. Awesome. And, yes, and they're turning out in record numbers, just like in Harris County and in your county. So we're excited about what's going on, and voter suppression is real. Uh, I don't know where it was or where I saw it, but maybe you guys can fill in where there was a particular parade where they were within 100 feet of the voting door. So that shouldn't right. happen. So she's right. Sister Nancy is right. We need you out there polling the places, uh, waving the signs, uh, waving folks down, encouraging them to vote, because we know this. When we vote, we win. There you go. Exactly. And so now here we're talking about, we can talk about the good trouble that John Lewis was talking to us about. This is some good trouble that we can get into because I guarantee you when you're out there directing and trying to make sure that, that uh, authenticity happens at the voting booth, you're going to get yeah. some feedback. You're going to get some repercussion. You're going to get some people that will point their fingers at you and try to tell yeah. you where to get back to. I think Dr. Nichols experienced all of that. So, uh, wow. but before, yes, she did. And so we're going to talk more about that, but let me just bring us up to date a little bit on uh, Smith County and this weekend. And that was, we were honored to have uh, uh, 
candidate for U.S. Senate, M.J. Haggard, to come into Tyler to spend uh, the afternoon with us. And so she landed there in uh, at Poundsville, at Johnson uh, Airfield, actually, right next door to our big airport. That's where the private planes come in. And and she drove in, rode in on her plane, and before she could get off, uh, Ms. Cooper, and we were circled with about 27, this is voter intimidation, about 27 uh, people on motorcycles and in their cars with their Trump signs and their American signs, and people can, they can do that. That's, but why try to intimidate people? And then as we got uh, her in the vehicles, we had a nice motorcade uh, to greet her. We had a motorcycle leading us, and I had a, a first sergeant that was escorting. Uh, he came down from Dallas to to help and assist us, a retired federal marshal. And so they were driving all in the midst of our motorcade. As a matter of fact, they were so bold, uh, uh, Pastor Cooper, that actually one of the vehicles stopped in the middle of the street in front of our motorcade and just sat there. And so uh, so First Sergeant, uh, being as aggressive but safely as he is, he was able to weave us out of their pathway and opened it up so that our motorcycle could get back in front of us, and then we carried on. And they followed us all the way to Loop 323 in Tyler, and then we decided to take a different route, and so they were in a different uh, lane, so they could not continue to follow us and weave in and out of our motorcade. But those are some of the things that we're seeing happening uh, here in our city. And so I say to people, don't back down, don't be intimidated, don't be fearful, Uh, just continue to do things peacefully, uh, continue to campaign peacefully, and continue to go to the ballot box and vote. How about that? But that's what we hey, man. So we hey, hey, no, absolutely correct, and and that's why I was telling your your dear uh, friend and classmate, my my uh, confidant and mentor, Arthur uh, Fleming, and that right. was that I've been so tied up, and I've been trying to make it back to your uh, Monday night show because I love the people there in East Texas again. That's where my uh, my uh, original homestead is from. My my family yeah. owns land out there still, and that's uh, right. so. Uh, yeah, I want to come back and encourage you all and encourage myself because I experienced that. Uh, after George Floyd incident, I was invited to some sundown towns, and, and they put the big headline up there, Black Lives Matter. But I got there, and I said, yeah, we know that. I said, but I come in love because we have to let them know that we come in love, but we mean yeah. business. You can still yeah. uh, be about God's business. You know, I'm a pastor, too, so it's hard for me not to There preach. you go. But we, <laughs> we, we, we have to be about the master's. Yeah, we have to be about the master's business. But at the same yes, time, it doesn't mean that we need to create division. So, so when we came into those areas, we had the division that was there. And with those divisions, yes. uh, the flags was uh, flown, and folks were on their motorcycles. They were across the street. They were trying to intimidate us, trying to get us to leave. But we kept teaching and preaching and pushing love and, and unity yes. in the community, yes. and not division. And which they, after a while we we resisted them and they they left. There you go. That's right. Amen. They will leave eventually. But go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Come on in. There's there's your guy right there, uh, Pastor. All right, Mr. I didn't Arthur. know he's on. There you go. <laughs> I was going. I was going to, I, I was going to Senator or Governor Cooper. 
<laughs> oh, come on, Doc. You, that's the, hey, that's the last half of the show. We're going to talk about that, Doc. I don't know if somebody's already called you, but we're, we're working. Saying, so. No, but I'm excited about everything that I'm about to hear. Wow. Before I say anything, I'm going to say this to all my Christian friends. When you get to heaven, you're going to be just who you are right now. <laughs> it's gonna be just no no changes no difference. Right? Uh uh-uh, uh uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> you know when you I get there you. you ain't gonna be some, you ain't gonna be some angel. You are gonna be <laughs> be who you is. <laughs> so, You're so, so funny. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm just He's saying. Funny, so, so, well, well, before we get into that part because that sounds exciting to me. I, I I'm gonna go right there. But before we get into that, I believe we have the president of uh, the Democratic Smith County Democratic Club here in Tyler, Texas, that's probably on with us uh, right now. And if she is, Miss LaShawn, are you on with us? Tim McKellar, yes, I am on. Oh, wonderful. Good evening, ma'am, and welcome to Marvelous Monday. It's great to have. And let me tell you, Mr. Cooper, we're, we're, we're raising sand down here in Tyler, Texas. Our, our younger uh, generation, our millennials, are just doing what they need to do in order for us to get where we need to be. So I want to introduce uh, to some and present to others our, uh, our young, vibrant, I mean smart, uh, president of our Democratic Club here. Introduce yourself, ma'am. Tell us more about you, and so welcome to Marvelous Monday. Thank you so much, Dr. McKellar. Well, hello and good evening to everyone. Um, my name is LaShawn Roy. Um, as Dr. McKellar mentioned, I am currently the president of the Democratic Club of Smith County. I am also a precinct chair out in Precinct 29, which is um, Troop, Texas, which is a, a hop and a skip from Tyler right down the road. Um, and, you know, I'm just, you know, honestly just really motivated, really happy to see all the momentum that is behind this election. You know, a lot of it started, um, you know, with the unfortunate and untimely death of George Floyd. But with that happening, we saw people mobilize in rural, rural areas such as Tyler, um, and we saw how that momentum continued and continued and continued. And so now um, a lot of what we're seeing in East Texas and Tyler and, and Smith County in general is that we have those same young people, um, you know, who are out there marching and protesting and organizing. You know, now they're helping out at the polls, you know, and they're getting registered to vote for the first time. And, you know, they're telling their friends and family to vote. And they're getting more involved in the process because they're seeing how, it all works together. You know what I mean? How the, the protesting and the voting and everything, it all works hand in hand um, to get that change that we all really want to see. So, yeah. No. Is everyone still there? Thank you, LaShawn. Yes, I'm sorry. I was on mute. <laughs> Go ahead, Dr. Nicole. I'm sorry. I was on mute. <laughs> I was just talking on mute. <laughs> but, but I always mute out when people are speaking so that there are no, there's no background noise. But we're, we're so motivated to uh, to have our millennials out there actively involved in the community and doing great and amazing things. I mean, just smart. Dr. Nichols, did you have something else to say in regards to that? And then we're going we're gonna to let uh, uh, Pastor Cooper bring us up to date on, obviously, some, some new information that's going to be coming down the pipe. 
Dr. Nichols, well, anything that, else? That sounds exciting. Let me just remind voters that there's curbside voting available. Anyone who's elderly or infirmed in any way can come to the polls, send a runner in, and get curbside voting. They'll bring the machine right to the car so that you can vote. And anyone who's ill, suddenly taken ill, can send a a relative in to get an application for an emergency ballot. And and you're able to get an emergency ballot so that you can vote from home. Very good. That's very important. Those are very important things. Okay. Let's circle back around then to um, Pastor Cooper. And Mr. Arthur, Mr. Arthur uh, threw, he threw a rock out there, and, but he didn't hide his hand. So I want to hear more about what Mr. Arthur is talking about, Pastor Cooper. Go right ahead. You got the floor. Well, unmute your phones if you uh, Go ahead. I, I just unmuted my phone. I, I don't know if Arthur <laughs> wants to go first or if he wants me to go ahead. But what's amazing <laughs> is that he and I hadn't spoken since last week. And, and the things that's, that's, that's coming about are, are, I think, are things that we've been praying on in secret. But, you know, what you pray on in secret, uh, God gives it light and day. So, uh, <laughs> he will do it. <laughs> he, will, he will do it. And, uh, you know, I, I've just seen so many things. And, and uh, you know, Arthur is, is a voice of moral authority that's on my shoulder, yeah. that little birdie that's, that, that's always in my ear. And yeah. uh, he has a new uh, slogan and a new term that he uses on me. He says, stop being so external and be, become more internal. And I had to go back <laughs> and deal with myself and, uh, and deal with the anger and, and, and the unrest and the unease that I see. People uh, look at us uh, as African-Americans and, and discard us and throw us away, and I have to be on purpose and deliberate. And, and defending our lives, when you're talking about 66% of the deaths in Harris County are that of African Americans when it comes to COVID. When you start talking right. about the deaths in America, we're almost at 97%, and no one's addressing it, and the numbers are not even being spoken of anymore. So this, this angers me and also it, it ignites me to do other things. Uh, I, I try to remain quiet and local and do a lot of things that's necessary, but again, as uh, our friend, uh, uh, John, Senator John Lewis spoke, uh, uh, Congressman John Lewis spoke about, was that uh, we have to get into necessary good trouble. Yes, sir. And it's very necessary that we get into good trouble. And uh, we have to be deliberate and on purpose to defend our folks. And, uh, I, again, it's hard to not hear when you have the spirit of Moses. And Moses said, let my people go. He didn't say, let my people die. And our people are dying still yet today. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so, with that, yeah. so with that being said, I, I can't just stay local and, and, and take care of a few. Uh, if, if my uh, memory serves me right, there were over 3.5 million men that Moses led to the promised land. And then they counted the women and children after that. And he had some help because there was Joshua and his army and others that's out there. But it started off with the leadership of Moses. Well, I'm saying in the state of Texas, we need someone that's going to sacrifice themselves for the sake of God's people. And that includes, that's inclusive of politics. 
In the kingdom includes everything. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so, therefore, I can't sit back and watch all people be destroyed. So, on purpose, we have to defend. That does not mean that we don't take care of the LBGTQIA community. It does not mean that we don't take care of other minority communities. But I cannot sit here idly by and be complacent and be complicit at the same time and do nothing. I don't care how many times I have to run for a state office. I will do it until some change comes home yeah. in our yeah. residence and in our backyard. It's time. Yeah. It's time. Yeah. It is time. You, you know something, Pastor, if I can jump in for a few minutes, because now you're really stirring sure. me up. I, I, just listening to you, let me tell you, we're, we're all in this battle. Uh, together for our lives, and that's what you're talking about. And you, you're talking about uh, the the black men, and you're talking about the black uh, people who are dying because of COVID. I, just listening to you, I was reminded. Let me tell you where I'm going. I was reminded of Second Chronicles, I think somewhere around about the 20th chapter when it talked about King Jehoshaphat and that vast army, and how they were confronted. We confront. Are we not confronted today? With that same thing But the power is among us I mean we didn't have the help In other words what, what happens When we, we have to pray about things But when we get up off of our knees When the prayer is over What comes after the prayer being over yep. Does the, the work not the come yeah. okay. The work has to come Yeah the work the comes work. That's right and, and Jehoshaphat recognized that did he? And he was not afraid And he was not discouraged was he and the, he was not you know why he was not he was not discouraged because he knew who the battle really belonged to. It really, it's really not ours, right? But we have work it that we need to, to do. Belongs to the Lord. That's it. Belongs it. to the Lord. It. It's not. That's it. That's it. So that's what I was reminded of when you said what you said. That mm. we still have work that we have to do, and we can't be complicit. And I don't care how many times we. I, I tell people all the time, uh, uh, Pastor Cooper, that plenty of people ran for office over and over until they got where they needed to be. They didn't. They didn't necessarily jump around. They knew what they were interested in. They knew what their platform was, and they just stayed right there until they got where they needed to be. Sometimes we may have to take a little detour and do some other things, right? But we need to, so we need to keep on right. Yes, yes. What about that, Mr. Arthur? Comment. Go ahead. Uh, you, you know, me and Mike talk a lot uh, about a lot of different stuff, and, and, and basically what we've been talking about lately is, again, like, you know, like, like just controlling our own power. Our community, we have the, own, our, our, the power within our community to make happen what we want to happen. Uh, you know, we got to change our mindset from thinking about, like, you know, Mike was talking about sitting around getting attacked all the time, getting mad about it. You know, you need to, like, go inside, you know, we need to go inside of, each individual ourselves, and like you know, implement our own plan. You know, we have a will, and all we have to do is just go in and just implement it. Uh, uh, you know, I think that uh, you know a change is coming, and so basically, you know, the people that's out there voting hey, it's very exciting. See the folks, uh, you have that collective consciousness that we have, yeah. and you know, we've had these moments. You know, we elected uh, Barack Obama. Uh, we've ele- we we put forth the last two. Uh, 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 Democratic Party presidents That's not by accident That's our power Of collective thinking We have a collective intes- uh, you know, intelligentsia where we, where we can do things like that Because we vote in a 90% block That's why And Sherry and I tell you all the time You know, you know about the Democratic Republican Party 
Democrats want the women. Republicans want the men. They both want to split us up. And I'm just saying, sisters, when you, when you get to the promised land, the brothers ain't with you, that ain't the promised land. <laughs> well, well, we, we right back to Jehoshaphat. We already know he, he who did he appoint? He appointed men to do various and sundry things, various and sundry tasks. But it takes all of us, like uh, Pastor Cooper says, we cannot be complicit. It takes all of us working together as a team in order to get where we need to be. But we need the men out front leading and guiding and directing us, or we need to be working side by side, working and guiding and directing. We got to have a plan and we have to implement that plan. Go ahead. Either one of you talk about it. Or Dr. Nichols, you can jump back in here and be a part of uh, Ms. LaShawn could jump back in and be a part of this discussion. But I'm just geared to thinking what pastor guided us to. It's interesting that he guided us there, but sometimes we forget about where we need to. Uh, let, me, let me share this with you. Uh, my minister, many of you know, uh, uh, Dr. Edward Robinson, uh, in his uh, message on Sunday, he talked about uh, uh, Jesus and politics. And so, so what he said was that he drives out around in the community and he sees, uh, he saw the sign there at the Catholic uh, church there on Broadway. And it says, pray to end abortion. And he says, I pray for that as well. He said, however, I want to throw in there that not only are the children in the womb important, the children in the world is important. We have children starving to death every single day in America, even in America, in the world, but even in America. We, do you know how many hungry children that we have that go to bed every single night hungry in America? So I said I will always use that. Not only are the children important in the womb, they're important in the world. Comment. Well, well it, 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 it will take one step further. Uh, how can you be pro-life and be for the death penalty? I mean, ain't that kind of oxymoronic? So, if you're well, pro-life, that's the oxymoron. You know, yes, it is. Yeah. You know, yes. and so and, and, and so it's been a uh, you know a political. You know, uh, uh, you know, just you know, just a thing that everybody have accepted, but nobody has stopped to actually think about what the heck are they saying. Therefore, I they're, think about they're it for all life the time. in the womb. And, and I say, uh, my position is this: if, 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 and this is, I mean, this is what I think, just from what I've seen. If, if, if white men fixing where only white women couldn't have abortions, they'd be okay with abortions. Say that once more. If white men could only could fix where only white women couldn't have abortions, oh, okay, everybody else could have them. They would have a problem with it. Okay. <laughs> In other words, they would want all the other people of the other ethnic groups deceased, but would not want the Caucasian children deceased. Well, Is that what you're saying? Well, we well we know that from the history of eugenics and you know in America and so forth. Uh, you <laughs> know, I had an aunt. I, I, I had an aunt that that, that that wound up getting her his you know getting a hysterectomy, uh, a hysterectomy without her uh, consent back in the day. She couldn't have kids, so I'm just saying. So, so that's now, not anything. I'm just going new. by the history. Okay, so we that's not new is what you're saying because we know I that know. that in America today that they're taking 
let's see, they're taking uh, the women who came across the border uh, and they're giving them a hysterectomy and then they're sending them back, uh, came across the border illegally uh, so that they could come to safety uh, for themselves and their children. And uh, we know that was a big story about that as well. But, yeah, 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 uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, well, it, when we, but that's our history is what I'm saying, and I'm just saying yeah, that. Exactly, uh, and you're absolutely you know, correct. Yeah, so it's just been repackaged. The fact of the matter is we wouldn't have all these, this uh, get rid of abortion stuff if it wasn't for the fact that uh, we have the demographic shift and and, uh, white, and white people reproductive issues, you know. So, 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 so basically those two elements have come together to create this whole movement. It's not about... It's not about life, because it's about life. It wouldn't be for the death penalty. Exactly. But not only that, and, and I, and I think, you're right. Go ahead. Yeah, you're go not, ahead. Not only uh, that. Well, uh, you're talking about abortion, and, and I had a friend, uh, well, y'all know, uh, Congressman. Uh, I, I, my week has been power-packed with folks in office and out of office, and, and so right. there's nobody but the Spirit of the Lord that's on me right now, because Congressman Nick Lampson, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Congressman God, I know. Lampson. Of course, of course. We're, he, he's a con- he ran for Congress. Well, he was a congressman at one time. 1997 to 2005. There you go. So, so, there you go. And, and so uh, he's different. And we were talking about this. But, but what about society aborting our lives at the age of 46, George Floyd, 26, Breonna Taylor? So abortion is just a, a term that they use for, for the wombs. But what about the womb of the mother that gave birth? And these children grow up to be 46 years of age, 26 years of age, and society aborts their lives when they're just not getting started. But no one's saying anything about that, and, and no one's yeah. changing the laws fast enough to, to prevent it from happening tomorrow, uh, the next day. So, so don't tell me about a life that's in a womb and you don't hear about a life that's in a tomb. Yeah, that, it, there you go. See, now, then, now we have another one. Life in the wound, life in the tomb, life in the world. Uh, all of these lives are important. And so, yes, we're not saying – I took an oath to preserve life, not to take life. So abortions don't work for me, but, uh, but I'm not trying right. to tell Dr. Nichols uh, or right. Ms. LaShawn or anybody else because that's their body between themselves, God, that's and right. their doctor and their physician. That's right. So That's right. I have one more person I, I want to bring in. I'm, I'm not sure. I can't remember the six the six one two five four five. Uh, if you want to call it, come in and be a part of this conversation. Press one and uh, announce yourself, and we'll bring you into the queue. Six one two five four five. Yes, yes go right ahead. Good evening, everyone. Hi, my name is Mike. Uh, I maybe I want to offer a slightly different perspective. I'm, I'm pro life myself, and I notice. You guys made a lot of several points in advocating for uh, pro, being pro-choice or advocating for abortion. Now, one of the gentlemen, I believe it may be the bishop, that said, how can you be pro-life and support the death penalty at the same time? Am I, am I clear on that statement you made? That was, that was Mr. Arthur, not the, not the pastor. Oh, Mr. Arthur, okay. Well, well I'll uh, accept from that a promotion. Okay, but from a Christian perspective, it's, it's very clear. I mean, the idea of capital punishment was instituted by God himself in Scripture. And when it comes to the death penalty, that's associated with a guilty criminal, meaning by that if you murder someone, serial killer, in my opinion, child pedophile should get that penalty as well. That applies to people who commit crimes. When you're talking about killing a child in the womb, that's an innocent life. And I don't know how you can compare the two of a guilty criminal versus an innocent child and put that on the same plane. 
Now, if you want to listen, if you want to get into more details, what I want to clarify, and this is something I'd love to hear from all of you, is on the issue of abortion, are you okay with it to a certain point? Or are you like say when the policies we see in places like Virginia and New York where they're saying you can have an abortion all the way to the ninth month? Or do any of you are you guys okay with it at any point in the pregnancy? Well let me just say this, uh, first of all, since you addressed the main well, first of all I wanna say, uh uh God didn't write scripture, man did. Okay? So let's get that straight. Uh now basically what I'm just saying about the life part is I'm just saying that pro life to me means pro life. You know, like pro life. I'm not for like pro-life. And so anytime the state has the ability to take a citizen's life, you know, that's not pro-life. So if you're pro- promoting a state uh, position on abortion, again, you know, you're having it both ways. That's all I'm saying about that. I'm saying they need to be more clear about that. Now, my now my personal position is, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm like you. You know, like I'm not, you know, like I wouldn't recommend abortion to anybody, Okay. But the but the state at the same time don't provide the resources for people to go ahead and have a baby without it being a big issue. So I think, and then like once the baby's here, uh, you know the state, you know becomes you know you know one of the you know uh, you know uh, an opposition leader. So I'm just saying again, you know I'm just saying just morally speaking, uh, you know I think that it should be a, a little bit more compassionate uh, approach to uh, the poor. Once these kids are here, so because a baby could be poor, living a poor life, it deserves to die in the womb. Then, no, I'm not. That's, about that's the literally your argument. Your argument is saying because the mother may no, not, not get adequate resources from the government. That's not the argument. It, no, 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 it no, is. No, if no, if no, you no, listen no, to pay attention clearly, what he said. One at a time. One at a time. I heard. I heard he said. Let me. Let me just because I heard him clearly. So. First, he made a little his little sharp his little point at Christians by saying God didn't write scripture. I wonder what the bishops got to say about that. But that, let's put that aside. Now, when he mentions the issue of uh, the mother not having adequate resources, uh, so you're, based on that principle, if a child will be born poor, then their life is justifiable to kill them. So let's say, for no, example, the mother has adequate says. resources. That's no, not, I'm going to flip this on logic. Yeah, no, no. Even, let me let me flip the on logic. Well, that's 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 mother, logic. If the mother that's, has that's money. If the the mother, hold up, calm down. If the mother has enough money to support the child, and at that stage, should should she still be able to have an abortion? Yes, it's her body. It's not about abortion or about. It's about bodily autonomy. I cannot tell you that you have to get a vasectomy. The state cannot tell you that you have to get a vasectomy. The state cannot tell me. What I can decide with my doctor about my body, that's the issue. It's not pro-life or pro-choice. We're all pro-life, but I am also We're, we're talking about whether or not to kill a baby. With the that's what we're talking about. What, what is an abortion? Can, can you define we're an abortion to me? And I know exactly what abortion is. We're not talking about killing a baby. It? We're talking about bodily well, what are we autonomy doing for women. And by the way, there's no such thing as, quote, Abortion in the ninth month, like they do in New York, that's nonsense. That's called delivering a baby. That's a real thing. That's illegal. That, no, that, that's, that's not called a real thing. Late-term abortion. That's not. That is work. not a real thing. That is not. Yes, it is a real here. thing. No, just it's because not. you don't wear, just because you're not aware of it, doesn't mean it doesn't to, exist, ma'am. But uh, let me just ask you this one question: to deliver well, well, a baby well, and I, murder it? Period. Can I can I just jump in as a medical person? We carry. And as a mother who's had two children and who lost one, so I have three pregnancies, two children, two viable lives, uh, in the ninth month you're delivering, we carry a baby for nine months. 
And then at the at the conclusion of that nine months, if everything works out normally, then you're going to deliver that baby. So that's actually a viable life that is being delivered. And let me let me just throw this Correct. in, and I'm going to give the conversation back to you guys uh, because I, I want to go back to what the gentleman, my, our six one two guest, and we thank him for coming in and. And opening up the doors, I, I, we know that in the Hebrew Bible, in the in, before grace and truth, uh, in Exodus, and I think it was like Exodus, and, and I can't remember exactly twentieth chapter somewhere in there. It's taught it, it, it talks about the person who strikes a man so that he dies shall be put to death. I believe it says shall be put to death if he strikes. Now that's in the Old Testament, that is in the Hebrew Bible, but we also know that in Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew, which which Matthew was walked with Jesus Christ, so they, they were given the inspiration from Jesus what to write down. So then the Gospel in Matthew actually rejects the notion of retribution because they tell us that we can no longer give an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Long years ago, we used to turn turn our cheek and let you slap me on the other side. But Jesus is actually against that. And so when he died on the cross for our sins, then that's when all of those old laws, Moses' law and all the others, they were done away with. Now, I'm going to give the conversation back to you guys and let you discuss more. Because, and, because let me just say, once again, I raised my hand to promote life, not to take it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't take a life. I work really hard to make sure that everything that a person needs in order to live, I try to provide that as a medical person. Go ahead, guys. Uh, we'll go back to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to okay, Mr. Arthur. Let me say this right quick. All I'm saying is that the, current, the, the modern pro-life movement has been set up around a bunch of false premises. That's what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying that. That's I'm right. saying, and I said, I said it earlier. If white you're men, you're saying that because you're a liberal. That's why. You're well, saying so that. could I finish, sir? Could, no. Could I finish? I didn't interrupt you. He's logical. Uh, what? Uh, one at a time. Uh, one at a time. And what I'm saying is that if white men, and, and, and I'm going by the eugenics that we've had in our country, if white men, if it, if it was possible, because like I said, my aunt got you know, got one of his hysterectomies. If they if if if, if they could just keep white women from having abortions. Everybody else could have them. That's all I'm saying. And I'm saying they turn to a political industry. It's like an industry. Right. And like it has a whole indoctrination process to it. You know, and, right. and so I'm just saying that, you know, and again, I'm not saying you're wrong. Could I finish? Could I finish? I'm not saying you're wrong, but I say but I'm saying that you have been indoctrinated to the point that, you know, you got God all in it and so forth and so on. So I'm just saying that. So once you get to that point, <laughs> you know, like my point is not try to convince you of anything because I know that's impossible. Okay, so let me let me add this because you, you keep you're bringing it into an American context only. So I'm from Kenya. In my country, abortion is illegal. In most African countries, abortion is illegal, including mm-hmm. homosexuality. Now that's a cultural thing for us because the concept of someone killing their own child is like. Just it, it, there's no one in our culture that could have believed and accept that. Right. And then when you throw in exactly. eugenics and the history of eugenics, eugenics was designed about population control. They wanted to reduce the population of certain people, specifically black people and Africans, which is why the, the leftists love to advocate for all these birth control, abortion, all this stuff. They want to push it, especially in Africa, but on minorities in particular. You should know if you know about Margaret Sanger, 
her whole plan was targeted towards the black community in America. She literally said she wanted to co-op black ministers, black civil rights leaders, anyone with influence within the black community to convince Uh the black community to accept abortion because the stated goal was to reduce the black population. That's just obvious. And you as a black man, knowing this, still advocate Mm -hmm. for a system and a thing that was designed to destroy your own people? That's crazy. So if you... Oh, okay. Only look, in so America you, oh, and in okay. the West do you guys do you guys people accept these ridiculous okay. ideas like killing your own children? There's no such thing as male and female. Gender is fluid. Homosexuality is morally acceptable. <laughs> okay, that's that, a Western European American way of thinking. But say in the West, that's not the case. Mr. And Arthur, as a black wait, man, you've you separated yeah. yourself from your own people on the continent yeah, who don't stop. who don't accept homosexuality. Or abortion. But he won't stop. You're accepting the he white man's way. Mr. Arthur, wait, Mr. Arthur. I'm, wait, I'm done now. Second. Go ahead, respond. One at a time. Okay, yeah. Because because he, I'm only responding because you mentioned right, indoctrination. Right, 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 right. Excuse, excuse me. Excuse me just a second. Just a second. So that Here you have a black man thinking like talk. a white person talking about indoctrination. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm glad the brother. So, so that, I'm glad the brother. Uh, I'm glad the brother okay, said he. Mr. Arthur, may I say something for? Excuse me, guys. Okay. In order for me to get a good, clean show, in order for all the people that are listening, we got lots of people that listen to this show every single week, so that we can understand everybody's point of view, please, one at a time. And I'm going to call on the one at a time. And so I, and I'm going to call, I'm, now I'm going to call on you, Mr. Arthur, uh, so that you can have something to say in regards to what our 612 guest has had to say. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. I'm glad the brother explained the fact that he's from Kenya. So now, now he's told me that. Then you know now you know the conversation as well as I'm concerned is in a whole you know another context of me. So basically, uh, you know I understand because see he said everything I said. He 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 knows about the eugenics program, and so it goes back to what I said earlier. And and this is what I'm trying to him to understand. It's been put in. He's been indoctrinated to the political process. But the fact of the matter is. If, if, if white if white men could 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 just have white women and this is the, and this is what I'm talking about. I ain't talking about all the stuff you're talking about. If they if they could just have white women have abortions, it would be okay with them for everybody else to have them. So I'm just saying that you know that it's a lot of fake eration going on. And like I say you know and again I'm glad you told me where you're from. So I'll uh, you know I'll be you know I'm a little less uh, you know uh, uh, you know judgmental about your position because I understand. When you come over here, you know, you find the easiest way, you know, which is to, you know, like go with the flow. So, uh, and again, like we, we do have some similarities. And again, nobody on this show has said they for abortion. I haven't talked, I haven't heard anybody tonight say we're for abortion. Everybody I've heard say that they, that, right. <laughs> that they're for abortion, that they're against all that. But you keep ascribing all these other uh, tendencies to us. And I'm just saying, I think that's wrong. Well, let, let me jump in, and then I'll bring Miss Rihanna in. Uh, I, I want to share with uh, our 612 guest that for 45 years I worked in the medical profession, and I used to run an uh, ER unit. I ran an intensive care unit, and when, when, when conversation exists, very wealthy Caucasian people have come through my clinics where I've worked, and, and they've gotten abortions. Uh, they were Republicans, uh, lots of them. Those that could not afford it were in, may have had one in a back alley. And when I say back alley, I'm talking about using a knitting needle or something that, that brought them into our emergency room where they were half bleeding uh, to death. And some we did lose uh, because of uh, the uh, 
the people that are performing these things that did not have a medical background and did not know what they were doing. And so it, 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 it was troubling to me to see uh, women having to put themselves into this kind of position. Uh, but it happens, and it happens every day. And I can tell you unequivocally, even if we passed a law uh, that said that it was illegal for women to have an abortion, somehow, some way, they would find, I've seen it in my career, they would find a way to have that abortion if, in fact, they wanted to have that abortion. Uh, Fortunately, sadly, but once again, as a medical person, I took an oath to preserve life, not to take it, and I cannot do it. I can't. Ms. Rihanna, go ahead. Well, I think those are those are great points, and I certainly understand um, where our guest from 612 is coming from on a more of a philosophical level and a personal level. Like what he's saying is true. Uh, these are yeah. his moral convictions. What Mr. Arthur's saying and what I agree with is the indoctrination into the political process and the quote pro-life movement uh, as it is now, this is the entire point of what is going on here. It's about bodily autonomy. It, we, we cannot have a situation where the government makes laws mandating a medical procedure, mandating that a, a medical procedure that some women may need or they will die, because that is still called abortion, you know, and, and having this government body say, well, you know, that's acceptable to me in the case where you're, say, raped or incest or you're going to die. Excuse me, acceptable to you, what my life is and what my body uh, is and what my doctor and I and my family and my God or no God decide for me in this free country where we aren't supposed to be mandating uh, things, especially when it comes to someone's personal body. Mandating, I mean, what are we going to do next? Mandate that you have to donate a kidney because you're a match to your neighbor? I mean, let's mandate that. that that's my morals. My morals tell me that if your neighbor and you are a perfect kidney match and your neighbor needs a kidney, you are mandated by law as a citizen to give your kidney. Let's go there. I mean, there's, there's just no – this is literally about bodily autonomy. And the best way, the best way to prevent abortion is to strengthen education and access to health care, to good health care and education. That's the best way to get rid of abortion. Making it illegal makes it unsafe. And it raises uh, infant mortality rates, maternal mortality rates. We already know this from history. So your morals are, are commendable. They're, they're the same as mine. I, I've, yeah. I've never gotten an abortion either. I never would uh, that I know of. I'm, I haven't been put in a position where I've been beaten by a guy and, you know, forced to get pregnant and forced to carry that pregnancy out. So maybe that would change. But the point is, in this country – we cannot start mandating that you do things with your body by government dictates. That's just we can't go there. Look, 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 FYI, look, that's when you say something. That, okay, this happened back in the '80s. Folks probably forgot about it. You talking about, I'm talking about body autonomy. Uh, back in the '80s, when they started doing them transplants, the Congress the, uh, passed a law where you couldn't sell your body organs. 
okay? But they right. can't. Like, like it's, it's, right. it's, two, it's, two, it's two companies on Wall Street to sell body organs. That was the first encroachment yeah. on our body autonomy. And ever since then, we've had all this other, and so, and so that's where this, you know, that's where this abortion about roots is, basically, when they took that, uh, where, where you didn't own your organs. So now, you know, everything, so, so actually, theoretically, you don't own anything else you got in your body. Okay. Pastor Cooper, do you have any comments? Absolutely. I've just been waiting patiently because I don't want to interrupt <laughs> your radio show. <laughs> I, I yeah. thank you so kind, sir. I appreciate you. Go right ahead, Pastor Cooper. Absolutely. Well, it's really elementary. Uh, the young man, the caller, 612 caller, whatever, I don't know if he stated his name, but I'm going to call him my friend from Africa. And uh, and he's right. I am a pastor, uh, bishop, apostle, actually, if you want the titles. Uh, but at the same time, grew up in the Baptist church, Southern Baptist, ooh, executive director on the <laughs> Southern Baptist board. Um, the, the folks that fight all of that, the very conservative. Uh, so I have I have wars and conflicts in my head, but I also have God in my head, which is Jesus' love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave, yeah. sacrificed, killed his son, basically, okay? But th- that's not, th- we don't believe in death penalty, but God sent his son out to a death penalty. But he did that so that we all can have life and have it more abundantly. So, yeah, absolutely. We all on here sound like we all pro-life. But because of socioeconomic disparities in our communities, uh, a lot of African-American folks are pressured into certain things. Now, I heard you said that shouldn't be an issue. Also, you talked about gay, and I can go all, across all of it, both files. You went back and forth. I can go back and forth. Uh, I love my gay family. I love my lesbian family because I'm a big family, and I'm all the way up to East Texas, to Dallas, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, and had to fight for the, those family members. But I'm, I'm still an apostle, just like I told the young lady in uh, Brazoria County when I first spoke the first time. On Sunday morning, I'm trying to preach you out of hell, but on Monday morning, I'm trying to protect you from the hell that the conservative Christian supposedly be on your side that's trying to take all of your rights and all of your decisions for you. God gave us a, a, a choice at the tree of life. He placed it there, and he said, don't touch it. We touched it, so we had to reap the repercussions of it. So just like as those that commit these abortion issues, I told him, I said, as a pastor, I'm going to hold your hand and pray that you don't do it. But when you choose to do it as a, a man with a master's in psychology, not only am I going to yeah. pray for you, but I'm going to deal with the issues that you're going to have 20 years later when you realize that's you took it. a life. So, so, so that's, that's my it. point, my brother, uh, at 612. So uh, I would love to continue to have this discussion, but watch this. I am a uh, politician. I am a child of God. I am a man of God. I, I, I do fear God. I do reverence God. But at the same time, God does not want anybody in his kingdom that does not want to be there. Thank you wow. for that, uh, Cooper. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, yes, let, let me bring in the the, uh, the president, our, our millennial, and um, and let's hear from her. Uh, president LaShawn, do you have comments in regards to the dialogue? Yes. Yes, I do, Dr. McKellar. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Um, okay. Uh, I guess so, a, a couple of comments. Uh, so much has been said, but a couple of comments is that, you know, we all, even though it's hard for us to put ourselves in someone else's shoes, we always must try to to have an open mind and remember that everyone's situation is different. So, you know, yes, there's people out there who are irresponsible, get pregnant, and just like, I don't want the baby, I'm going to get an abortion. But at the same time, if a 10-year-old girl gets raped by her dad, 
why should that 10-year-old little girl be forced to, to give birth to her daddy's, you know what I mean? That's on her dad, you know, and, and where I know that we're talking about Christians and stuff, being like Christians and stuff. And so, you know, in, in Christianity, it teaches us that children are innocent, you know, and until they, you know, until they come up to that age. So if you have a 10-year-old little girl, nine, eight-year-old, which unfortunately that is the world we live in, that, you know, there are people out there who will pimp children out. There are people out there who, you know, are family members who molest, and sometimes they do end up getting those little girls pregnant. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, there's other options out there, but can you imagine at 10 years old or 9 years old being forced to carry a baby? You know, probably not even really understanding at the time what's, what's, what's going, yeah, what's, what's going on, um, you know, with your body or even, you know, as this, you know, inappropriate sexual relationship is happening. But there's things like that that do unfortunately happen not only in our country but in our world, you know, and that's the harsh reality of the world we live in. Um you know, and it's 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 more common than we like to think, unfortunately. And to kind of touch very briefly on the, the topic of this was way earlier, something was said about women who aren't maybe like financially prepared or 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 whatever. Um, you know, it's it's again, you kind of have to to. I know it's hard, but you kind of have to think about it from a different perspective. I mean, have you ever been a child who went to goes to bed hungry? Who the only only time you get to eat during the day is when your is your school lunch or your school breakfast? Yeah. Thankfully, I yeah. haven't. I've been blessed and fortunate enough to not be that. But I've known people. I went to school with people. I have friends that were those people who they didn't have parents yeah. at home who were cook would cook for them because they were working two or three jobs. And you know, by the time they got up and ready for school in the morning, mom or dad or whoever was headed out. And then when they got home from school, nobody was there because they were still at work just so they could have a place to stay and that, you know, they could have the lights on and the water on and so on and so forth. And, you know, a lot of times those those things are, are hard. And a lot of times, you know what I mean, when people go through things like that, um, you know, it does lead to, especially children, because, again, I've seen it with people that I know um, personally and with schools and so on and so forth. At least the things like anxiety and depression and stuff, because they don't have those those basic necessities. Sometimes they don't have running water. Sometimes they don't have electricity. Like I said, a lot of times yeah. they don't have somebody that that's going to be there when they come home from school and and you know and can cook a meal or whatever. Or sometimes they come home from school and they got you know two or three other siblings, sisters and brothers that they have to take care of, and they're maybe still in elementary school themselves. But like I said, mom or dad or whoever is out trying to make a living. So. My only thing is, and again, I guess <laughs> more of a millennial standpoint or point of view or whatever, I just, I just like I said, I, I feel like it is the individual person's choice. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think more so that I've seen with my generation and the generation younger than me that marriage is not, like, say, for instance, what it was for my parents. Um, these days people start families and marriage is not immediately on the table, you know, so you don't have that solid family foundation um, and so I'm, you know, we're at least me, like I've, I'm starting to observe that that is a trend now, you know, you may have one child or you may have two or three child children, excuse me, and you may not be married to that person or so on where versus, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, it was the complete opposite. You know, if you had a child out of wedlock, essentially you would be shunned and your family would turn away from you and all these other things. But I say all that just to say this, that, it, you know, regardless, it's, it's a very controversial topic and I think it's a difficult topic for people to think about. But, you know, there are other things, and obviously I, I use the answer thing because that, that really gets my blood boiling and going because my my mom, and, and I use this very quickly before I wrap up here, my mom has a degree, a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. And when she was doing her internship, 
she interned at the juvenile uh, detention center in, in Tyler, the old one. So it's now a church, <laughs> but the old one um, was a right. juvenile detention center. And she said she saw, you know, she saw little girls, seven and eight years old, and their moms had pimped them. Seven and eight-year-old yeah. little girls whose moms had yeah. sold them for, for sex. Good. And so, like, that's why yeah. I'm saying it. Yeah, exactly. And they were, of course, they were in Julian. She said they had mouths on them like you wouldn't believe. These little bitty innocent kids. And so, yeah. you know, even though it's hard to think about, it's, it's just bad things do happen to both good and bad people out there. And I just think okay. that, you know, people people deserve that choice. That's my comment. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Sarah. Thank you so much for that. Okay, so uh, two or three things that I might take away from that. And, and uh, Ms. LaShawn mentioned that, that people don't have food. I, I'm telling you that I've seen people, children, families, that didn't have food, period, to cook. It's not that the family was not at home to prepare the food. There was no food to be prepared, uh, hungry in America. And then the youngest person that I've had in my practice uh, of the years that I worked uh, medically was a, the rape of an eight-year-old uh, by her uncle, uh, and, and she ended up uh, having that child. And, and, and her life was never the same as, as mentioned by someone, ended up taking her life uh, before she was at the age of 20. Uh, because she didn't have somebody like uh, a, a Pastor Cooper, uh, who has his background in psychology and sociology, to work with her and work through that. Uh, this was a family that did not uh, believe in having an abortion period in any kind of way. didn't matter that the young girl was raped. didn't matter that it was her uncle. They were just totally against it. And so she ended up taking her own life. And then I'm an advocate for families. Uh, Ms. LaShawn mentioned the fact that families look very differently uh, from what they used to, but but I, I'm for implementing uh, the father and the mother and the and marriage and then the children. That's I'm old school like that. So uh, so that's how I am, and that's probably how I always will be uh, at that point. So now I want to bring six one two back, and if he has any dialogue or any any comments uh, that he'd like in regards to anything that he's heard, now's your opportunity, my guest friend. All right. Thank you, ma'am. And you all made a fair yes, point, and I definitely heard everything you guys had to say. Um, I think I can kind of combine some of your points, some of you guys made similar things. Uh, the the, the yes, last sir. lady that spoke and I believe the second lady, they both made similar comments along the lines of uh, if there's a rape or an incest or, let's say, a young child or even can throw in if the mother's life is at risk. Now, let's say, just off top, let's say we go ahead and say that all people in that category can have an abortion. By doing that, you've eliminated 99% of the other abortions, right? There's several studies that show less than 1% of abortions are done for those three reasons, abortion, incest, mother's life at risk. The vast majority of abortions are done purely out of convenience, where those three issues are not on the table. So I'll, let's, let's put those three on the table until you can have that. If we eliminate all other abortions that are just out of pure convenience, would you accept that? Ms. No. It's, it's about bodily autonomy. It's not about, first of all, that, that statistic I question, um, and I can provide some information that, that refutes what you just said um, about most abortions being done out of, quote, convenience. Um, and that's certainly not true for what is called, quote, late-term abortions. Late-term abortions are, are not legal here. Late-term abortions are a strictly medical procedure. Um, the under not in all states, of ma'am, but in some states they are. Pardon? 
Some states they are. It's not legal in every state, but in some states they are, no, and there are politicians no, currently no, advocating for late-term abortion. Late-term in the United abortion. States, as a thing, as a thing, is a medical procedure. It means that exactly. somebody's life is at stake. There's no convenience late-term abortions in the United States. That doesn't happen. That's not no, a thing. That's, that's, that's currently being advocated for. No, no, that's currently being advocated for. That's a misreading of the law. That is a misreading no, no, of no, the law. No, no, I'm not talking about what's proposed. on the law specifically that because no, they, you're, you're correct in that case. New York, yeah, Illinois, because, of example. course, and in Virginia, so yeah, and in California. Laws. No, I've listened to the people advocating them, giving their speeches. Saying what they wanted, they having direct have questions asked those, to them. Have you it's, actually it's, read those laws? I've heard that people because directly who are advocated for them. No, no, ma'am. You're the one misrepresenting because you're just saying no. you're stating okay, what's, well, on, let, what's let, in let, law let, only, why, why we, not what the people me. are advocating I'm, for. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and finish my point. Pull up the law. Go ahead and pull up the law, I will. I'll pull that up. Okay. But, and, but let me address uh, the bodily autonomy thing because I've heard that brought up about four or okay. five different times. Yeah, now. Let's this whole thing about bodily autonomy. No, because she, she, can, I I just I, I, can I jump okay. in for just a hot second, please, sir? I'm getting text messages from people saying, please, uh, guest, one at a time. You're having a great discussion. We just want to hear everything that's being said. Too many people talking. So now let's go back to uh, 612 and let him finish. And then, Ms. Rihanna, if you'll look up that law for us and pull it up and then read it to us. And then we'll go back to you. Go ahead, my friend at 612. Yes, ma'am. So she mentioned earlier about bodily autonomy, and I believe her, it was either her or the last uh, lady I spoke that brought up the example of needing a kidney. And if, if the government mandated saying that your neighbor should give up the kidney if it matches, and therefore, if in that analogy, if you were to give an accurate analogy, then the analogy you should have used is to say that the government should just be able to kill your neighbor to take their kidney to give it to you. That's what you're advocating for. When you're talking about bodily no. autonomy, we're not talking about no. one body. We're talking about two bodies. We're talking about you no, we're not, we're and not the life that's in bodies. you. That, we're that's talking two about people. one body, and we are talking about uh, okay. What is a fetus? Cells, now? cells that are only able to survive if they survive inside of the womb of that body. Okay, so you have a cutoff date. A certain you point. have a cutoff point. Uh, the, the law. What is has that point? A cutoff point. The no, no, law. forget the law. I'm asking your personal opinion. No, what do you think the talking, cutoff point should be in a pregnancy? It, this isn't kill, about my personal baby. opinion. I've already told you my personal we're opinion. All, we're we're giving personal opinions here. I've already, I've already but you're advocating you. for it. No. It doesn't no, matter if you say it's not advocate. for me. If you say it's okay I, for someone to do it, to, that means you're, you you're no different. I need you to stop talking so I can finish making my point so that you will understand what I'm saying to you. There is nobody on this line. Yay, abortion. I advocate for abortion. What we are saying is that the government is not in a position and should not be in a position to mandate a woman having to carry a pregnancy to term. What any woman, no matter whether she was raped, incest, whatever, there's no governing body in a free country that ha- that should have the ability to mandate what anyone, their body, with a, a medical procedure that has to do with that person, their body, and their doctor. If we're talking about morals, that is a whole different discussion, and I'm with you when it comes to morals. But we're talking about our government. You don't mandate morality in the United I States of America. That. 
That's not what okay. we're doing. And so if we, if we want to reduce abortion, there are tried and true ways to do that, and it does not involve making them illegal or hard to access for women. That's just the bottom line. Why do you have a moral ob- objection to moral abortion? Why do, why do you have one? I have children. I've carried pregnancies to term, so I have a personal issue where I think that I would be hindered from doing it. However, like I said earlier, I've never been stuck in a home with a man that beats me, financially exploits me, and makes me get pregnant against my will. So I don't know. I, I, I understand that part, man, but I'm, I'm just trying to get to the root, the root cause, the root point that you just made that when you say that you couldn't do it for you. And the reason you couldn't is because you know it's a life and you know it's a baby. You see, when we no, when people play these words, no, we're talking about fetuses. Wait, wait just a minute, Mr. Arthur. Okay. Let me, let me, I know let me, it has potential so, for life. Exactly, the potential of what kind of life? Human life, right? We're not talking about a dog or a cat or a cow. We're talking about a human being, correct? That's going to become a human being. Just a minute, this is becoming a a moral argument. We're not talking about the morality of this. Of course it's about morality. The morality is the the foundation of the entire point. Why do we have a a law that says you can't murder somebody? That's based on the, the moral... We're going down a rabbit hole. That's Go my argument in a nutshell. This is yeah, about somebody it's else's a life. Argument, then. Excuse me, no, it's I not a rabbit hole. It's about advocating for people that can't defend themselves. Uh, hold up, hold up. I'm, i got to take control again. This is my show. I want to do it one at a time so that my guests can hear the conversation. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Uh, we already have laws against murder you know, and stuff like that. Uh, the the basic objection that you see to uh, you know to the abortion issue is is we have an immoral government. Now you may trust them because you know you're from Kenya, but we don't trust them because we're from here. And like you willing to believe that an immoral government can uh, implement uh, a moral agenda? That's it. And I just don't think they can do that. And, and see, that's, and that's it. There's no such and, thing and as a moral government hold, 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 on the planet. Wait, hold, hold up, hold up, hold that's up, a ridiculous hold up, argument. Not, you just hold, up, hold up, wait, wait, just a minute. Six one two. Sir, you let me talk. Go ahead, finish. You like to talk pretty good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Go ahead, Mr. Go ahead. And so what I'm just saying I thought this is like open and interactive because I never finished my points after I heard everybody. I just opened up questions to the gent to the lady. Hey, this is not Trump Biden. No, no, hold up, brother. Hold on a second. When when you had your chance to speak, you spoke without being interrupted. Excuse me. Sure, this is Trump Biden right here. Let me jump in one more time. We're gonna do. We're gonna have our discussion. Respectfully, we're not going to throw any. We're going to leave everybody out. This is all between us. No outside person, no, no other political person. This is all between us in this discussion. People want to hear this, but yeah, I'm just trying to keep to it fair, man. Because I listen to yeah, everybody. Each person made person. three, four, even five points. I started. I was making my first point, and I asked the lady a uh, question. Can we move on, please. We had a dialogue in that. I never addressed everything else. And let's be real. Right now, we're having a five-on-one discussion. We have five people here that are pro-choice, one person that's pro-life. Listen up. I'm going to mute. Ma'am, you got to balance it out. Otherwise, what's the point of having this discussion? Let's let 612 complete all of his points. He made one point. Let him complete the other points because I brought him back in so that he could dialogue on what he heard. Go ahead, sir, and then we're going to go to Mr. Arthur after that. Go ahead, And I'll call your name, Mr. Arthur. Go ahead, sir. All right, so so we already established with an issue of rape, incest, 
life, mother's life at risk, I agree abortion should be on the table. Outside of that, I don't think there's any reasonable person that could advocate for it, other than the feminist argument of my body, my choice, which is nothing more than diminishing the value of the, ba- of the baby's life. That's beside the point. Now, the pastor mentioned this issue of, from a Christian perspective, talking about, oh, you know, where it's not my place or, you know, we should be there for that and all that. Come on now, sir. You should know scripture better than that, especially when you got a gentleman on the line here named Arthur who is clearly hostile to our God and bigoted towards Christians. The fact that you didn't take your time to address him and his blasphemous statement is incredible to me. But to the point of scripture, it says clearly, Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Not one jot or tittle will diminish from the law until all things be fulfilled. So Jesus never advocated for the diminishment of God's law. In fact, the Apostle Paul and all the apostles in Acts chapter 10 and 15 validated that the moral aspect of God's law is still in place and still instituted on all mankind and we're still held to that statement. Now, when you talk homosexuals, I'm amazed that you would even, in the context of making it seem like you're accepting of it. When 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10 clearly states they cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven unless they repent and stop doing it. Now, I wonder, as a pastor, are you telling the homosexuals that? And if you're not, then why not? And you mentioned yourself you're a politician. And that in itself is a problem because Jesus said do not justify yourself before men and seek man's approval but seek God's <laughs> approval. But now to this Arthur gentleman who is attacking Christians over and over again and saying God doesn't exist, I'm going to ask you a basic question, sir. Where does all the matter and energy in this universe come from? Did it come from nowhere? Did this universe and life happen on its own? And if, and if so, how did that come to be without a God or some intelligent mind being there to create life? Since you want to take shots at Christians and believers in God. Okay, thank you, 612. Uh, Mr. Arthur, you can uh, and, and just let Mr. Arthur respond to those comments. And then we're going to go to uh, Pastor Cooper, and then we'll come to Ms. Rihanna. Well, well, first of all, I want to say, well, okay, first of all, I don't discuss religion uh, with fools or the unknowing, so I'm not even going to address any of that. Uh, my point is the government, you seem to trust the government, uh, the, uh, an immoral government, to implement a, a moral agenda. And I'm just saying, if anything flow from that, after that, it's not going to be right. It's just not going to be right. No matter who your God is, it, it ain't going to be right. Okay. Pastor Cooper? I don't know who uh, asked uh, 612 to call, but I thank God for him because all he's doing is helping me get back into the political realm again, Uh, especially when I find Joseph second in command. He had the the king, the pharaoh's ring, and his uh, stamp. Uh, When I find David, that went out and slew the the filthy Philistine that came up against God's people. Who is this filthy Philistine that dared to come up when he had uh, just uh, lunch? He came down with a a, a lunch basket and uh, ended up slowing a, a giant. So I thank God for the caller. It gives me the platform to go out and talk about the things that I normally talk about in my own household. Unlike Brother Arthur, uh, I talk about politics and religion and love to talk about both of them. Because I, I recall a man on the cross uh, after the people that said Hosanna to the highest, you know, those very conservative people that was loving God for being God. But then when they put him on the cross on that Friday night or Thursday night, whatever night you want to put him up there, uh, Jesus stayed there when he could have taken himself down. And he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
So it's a very complex God that we serve. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But the only thing I know about him is that he comes in love. And I come in love, and I love you, my brother, because you stir up some things that I need to talk about. And that's the reason why I will continue to run this race. I've been running for a long time, but I'm not tired yet. Uh, the other thing about some of the things you talked about, the Bible tells us that we are to turn those folks over to a reprobate mind. God said he'll turn those folks over to a reprobate mind. They normally use those scriptures in a Baptist church or a Catholic church when they're talking about gays or lesbians. Well, the scripture, if you look at it very closely, it said God would turn those people over. It's not my job to turn them over. It's my job to pray with them and pray for them without ceasing, as Paul uh, wrote. The same Paul that in the first part of his life crucified Christians and then in the last part of his life found Jesus. And when he found Jesus, uh, he, he, he told us to pray without ceasing. So, therefore, when my, when my uh, uh, family members that sit in my church on Sunday morning that's gay and lesbian, and I tell them to repent, just like the uh, scriptures that you quoted, and tell them they cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven, after they hear me say those words, they come over and hug my neck. Because guess what? Uh, they're, they're what they are now. But I thank God because I have a sister-in-law that is no longer living that lifestyle because I continue to love on her where her grandfather gave up on her. So these things are very personal and dear to me, and so therefore I love having these discussions in public and in private, and I will continue them own father. Thank you. Thank, thank you, uh, Pastor. Uh, Ms. Rihanna, do you have some comments? And then I'm, after the comments, I'm going to ask, um, ask our guest. He mentioned Acts 10, where it, it talked about uh, Peter and Cornelius, and I wanted to see how, how what happened with them fit into uh, this discussion that we were talking about and Peter's vision and so forth. Uh, Ms. Rihanna, comments from you. And then we'll, then we'll um, see if Sean well, has wants to jump back in. Go ahead, Ms. Rihanna. Sure. I'll just be really quick. And I, I'm, I'm also grateful that 612 called in because this is a, a, a conversation that takes place, obviously, all across the country and all across the world. Um, it's been going – this conversation has been going on a long time. So um, I'm glad we're having it. People need to hear it. People have it at home. Um, and I, I just – I have to say – on this topic, in this context, when we're talking about a government, you know, we, we all agree on the morality um, issues of, you know, we may not agree on the, the specifics when it comes to this particular uh, topic, you know, every single specific, but we all agree that life is precious. We all value life. Uh, we all think murder is wrong, um, you know, but when it comes to a government, um, and I think Mr. Arthur put it best, uh, a government that doesn't always have the best intentions, an immoral government that doesn't make great decisions, that doesn't represent me, um, that, that, that may not represent people who find themselves in a position to need or choose to terminate a pregnancy for whatever reason, um, you know, in a free society – in a, in a democratic republic like ours where we're all supposed to be free and have um, the freedom of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you cannot mandate uh, people doing things with their bodies. Um, you, you just you can't start doing that because there is no end to what you can mandate on a person if you can mandate what they can choose to do with their own body. Thank you, Ms. Rihanna. What about you, Ms. LaShawn? Do you have any uh, comments, and then we'll go to our guest. Um, yes, and I'll be, uh, I would just say, you know, going off of what Rihanna said, 
um, you know, no other person should have a, 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 the the final authority in what happens to another person's body that's that's not their own. Um, you know, and and with that being said, I know there's a lot of men in the conversation tonight, and you know, not saying that is is just you know y'all fit under this category, but most men, you know, don't even completely understand the 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 anatomy and everything of a woman, even when it comes down to a menstrual cycle, right? They're like, okay, women bleed, they go to the store, they have to buy products. But outside of that, things that are associated with that, things that are associated with childbirth, things that can go wrong, you know, the healing process of of a woman's body, the womb, all this stuff, most men just, they don't know that, you know, and just in saying in general. And so, again, there's so many other things that, you know, it's easy for you to say, well, it's black and white, it's wrong because of this, it's right because of this. But, again, you know, going outside of that, well, what does a woman's body actually go through? Well, well, you know, well, we know women bleed, but how come not all women bleed the same? Or just all these different things. Or, you know, what happens? Why isn't this woman bleeding? You know, just all kinds of different things um, that, that, that go into it, into the health and, and you know, the makeup of, of a woman's body and, and all that good stuff. Um, I would say, too, I think every, everyone else who had spoke before me had touched on it, but I'm thankful um, for the difference of opinions tonight. I think it – it makes yeah. for a very good dialogue, and I'm glad to have the the, the different um, points of view here because I think that's that's what's needed in in discussions um, like this when it's had because you do want to hear you know uh, opinions and 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 beliefs that are different from yours because I think in the in the long run it all makes us think and it it makes us better people because we're hearing something and we're willing to listen to something that doesn't necessarily completely align with our beliefs. So I am thankful for the the dialogue, and those are my comments. Yeah. Excellent. Amen. That was excellent. I, I, I appreciate that uh, coming from our president uh, because we got one thing we have to be is we have to be kind uh, to each other. We have to be respectful for each, to each other. We have to think about what we're talking about. And let me, let me just bring this out, and then we're going to bring in our guest if he has any comments in regards to what he's heard in this last dialogue. Uh, I tell people all the time, I'm married, married a long time. I don't agree with every single thing that my husband has to say, and he doesn't agree with everything that I say, but I 100% support him. Uh, and so we have to 100% support each other, even though we're not always going to agree on every single thing. And some people see things differently. That's why we have to continue to study to show ourselves approval. <laughs> Because we, we're, we're actually talking about the Bible tonight, and and so and I think I opened it up because because my minister said uh, Jesus was involved in politics, and and he was, and 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 he said just as the babies in the wombs are important, the babies in the world are important as well, and we know what some of the things that we're doing and have done to children right here in America. We placed them in cages. We we've just not been kind to some of the children that we brought here and that have come into America, and 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 and, and like the, my minister says, every child all over the world, nobody is le- illegal in God's sight. Yes, we have rules and regulations in order to come into this country. We do. I believe in rules and regulations. I have to implement them right here in the city where I work, in city government. So I believe in it. But we have to treat people like they're human beings. Like, like our guest says, we're not talking about animals. We're talking about human beings. Okay, 612, it's on you. You can respond yes, to anything you. that you've and, heard. Uh, the, yes. um, 
Yes, the uh, I believe her you referred to her as the president. I don't know if she's a Democratic politician. She's but the president of the Democratic Club. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. she uh, she mentioned earlier a point about about people being poor and how you know poor people who can't support children, you know, you should be considered what situations they may be in. I just wanted to know that she's literally making the exact argument that the eugenicists put out for people to make to convince poor people to accept abortion. Because the whole point of the eugenics movement was they wanted to get rid of poor people and minorities. And so mm-hmm. they are the ones that came up with a lot of these arguments that you're hearing her say. And I don't blame her because she's, she's a part of the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party has long ties with, you know, people who are involved in eugenicism, whether it's even Margaret Sanger herself. So I just wanted to know that's where her talking points are coming from, just to let you know. You're speaking of people who advocated for your own destruction because mm-hmm. I'm assuming you're African-American. And if you came from a lower income bracket, you were their target. And so to advocate for what your enemies want, to me, is wrong, first and foremost, especially as a black person, considering, you know, the history that we have been going through and what we have to deal with. But on the issue of the moral issue of the whole, you know, what what's about abortion, at the end of the day, all laws are about morality. And, uh, and Arthur kept bringing up this point about the government being immoral. Every government is immoral. There is no such thing as a non-corrupt government on the planet Earth. In fact, if you look at America from the context of a global perspective, not just what you look at here only, America's government is not even that corrupt compared to most governments on this planet. There are governments that are way more corrupt than this. And this also ties into another point I wanted to mention, which is the American perspective, in which Americans see the world through only this tiny lens of America only. You don't look at the world through the history of time and what all mankind has had to go through or what it's like for the 7 billion people on this planet and what they have to live like. You guys have this warped mentality what reality is. You don't know how good you have it. You don't know how how great it is to be an American. And so because of that, you talk so you talk down on your own country in a way that most people on earth don't do. Like you denigrate the very things that you have that are privileges and benefits that most of the world never had, including your ancestors, by the way. And it's a shame considering what the people in the past have to fight and go through to give you the rights and freedoms you have today. For you to have such low regard for it is, is an absolute shame for yourself personally. Just something to think about. But okay, when you go thanks. into this whole the, – the bigger concept, this is my last point I'm going to make, because you, you brought up the okay. whole thing about children in cages and all this stuff. This country is a bunch of political whatever. Like in this nation, you didn't care about the children in cages when it was Obama, right? You didn't care about it in 2014. He didn't care we about did. the 3 million we people he, he sent. On you know, he barely brought it up. You're bringing it up now we, in the context of your animus <laughs> towards the president, <laughs> Wait, just which, is what, which is what ahead, people sir. in this country seem to do. And it's true on Republicans, by the way, because they did the same thing to Obama. When he was president, anything that they did, it was, they just blew it out of proportion. It made it seem like the worst thing in the world. And that's what this, you guys do in this country. You just play these political games. You don't realize both sides are corrupt. Both sides do the exact same thing you're blaming the other side of doing. They do the exact same thing. I mean, look at Bush, Obama, and Trump. Their policies are very – there's very little difference between them. A lot of things they implemented are identical because your government has a set set of policies that it's going to do no matter who's in office. But you guys get caught up in these games and act like, oh, my God, Trump's the worst ever. Well, what's the difference between Trump and, say, Reagan or Bush or Obama? Very little. In fact, Obama engaged in probably more wars and was more of a war hawk than Trump is. But you obviously don't care about that because you don't care about lost lives overseas. You just care about getting some benefits now. 
May I jump in for a second? Let me, let me share with you a, a couple of things. First of all, the people that you've heard speaking tonight come from uh, a well should I say they're comfortable families. They're not poor people. They, they had, they were privileged. Uh, some of those privileges that you talked about as Americans uh, that we have been blessed to have, everybody that you've heard from tonight comes from that kind of family. Number two, uh, you're talking to some vet, well, yeah, they're privileged if you have the freedom born, of speech, let, let, let me finish up. You've got a yeah, privilege. They're, they're, they're privileged to be born in a country that presented freedom to us. And let me just share with you that you have two people on this radio show right now. There's many others out there listening, but you've been talking to two people who served this country, Mr. Arthur and myself, served this country and served it with valor. We actually right. award, we, we, we got sent to war during the time that we actually was in the military. We both, he was Air Force, I'm retired Army. And so we served this country and we served it with valor. We love this country and we respect it. But there are some things just like anywhere else, even in Kenya, there are some things I know that you don't agree with somewhere, somehow, because why? Because we have no perfect, no perfect union anywhere, no perfect person, any place my point. on the on, on this earth. So therefore, even these people, these presidents that you named out, there was no perfection there. And then let me also say that it depends upon what president has who in Congress and in Senate to make these laws, because that is actually who decides what happens as far as laws are concerned. You already know that because you've been in America long enough, I'm sure, to know that yeah, it's that's, our Congress they do the and same. our Senate that, that runs, that makes decisions, implement the laws, and then we have to comply and follow. And it depends upon uh, if they have a republic Senate and a republic Congress or a Democratic Senate and a Democratic Congress as the Now, you know that's not true because the same people are paying both. I'm sorry, say again? You, you know that's not true because the same people are paying both parties. The same special interest no. groups are paying both of them. Yes, they are. No, the people. Yeah, they are. They line up both that. sides to make sure they, they're took care of. Everybody knows no, that. No, the point that, the point that <laughs> I'm making <laughs> is sure, that the people who implement. Go ahead, Mr. Director. Go ahead. Etiquette, uh, again, like I say, you know, I appreciate the brother from Kenya because because I understand that he can't, you know, he can't uh, vision or feel our total diaspora. In other words, you know, like he's come, you know, he's come over, he see what we're doing. He said, hey, you know, hey, hey, this is better than Kenya, but it's better than wherever. So to him, he's saying you should it's, it's accept that. It's better than the whole world. Was, could, could I finish, sir? Could I finish, sir? Could I finish? Uh, so one so, at so time, to him. So to him, you know, Tim looked like, hey, y'all, you know, what y'all complaining about? It's pretty darn good. You know, you better be glad you wasn't <laughs> over here or whatever. So I'm saying, and, 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 and he don't fully grasp the concept of America, which is to uh, become more perfect union, which means that we're in constant struggle trying to get uh, a black folks' rights. Now, just FYI, uh, in America, you don't have any more rights than the lowest black person. That's why when we got the civil rights, white people gained those rights too. They didn't have those rights right. before we did that. And so that's the American <laughs> struggle, and I don't think he would appreciate that fully. 
I don't understand why you use the word we. You didn't have anything to do with it. It was people before you that did it. You are a beneficiary of the suffering and struggle other people did. Don't don't well, say we continue. and take yeah, credit for what other people did. The suffering we, continues. We, we, we have to stop. The suffering don't continue, okay. bro. They, you, you're not oh, living okay, the way black okay, people lived right, in the 1800s okay. and early 1900s. Okay, well you, stop lying to yourself. Okay, stop so. trying to be a victim. Okay, right. we're so okay. Okay, all right. Seriously, okay, so man. To be a it's, it's a shame for a grown man to try to be a victim. It really is. Well, it's a shame to see a young man try to be a master. <laughs> what do you mean? What is that okay. supposed to mean? Miss Rihanna, Miss Rihanna, I'm going to you. I, got, I have to be a professional victim like you? Is that what I should be? Yeah. Crying about oppression that I don't really know? Let me jump back in. Let me jump back in. Okay. On, on this show, on my show, all three of them every week, I don't like anybody throwing darts at each other. We, we can have a good discussion and we've had one but we don't have to attack each other because that doesn't solve anything the one thing that i know is communication is the key and so i'm going to listen to your your points i'm going to listen to your points i'm going to listen to everybody's points if i have something i'm going to say it in regards i'm the host but i i want to hear from everybody but i don't want us throwing darts at each other it's it, it's nonproductive it gets us no place i thought we we're trying to entertain we, the listeners too right a, a little bit of argument is not it's no different than adding some hot sauce to food there's right? nothing wrong no 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 there's nothing wrong with that I, i'm not I'm, we're not taking any personal shots it's just you know we're just saying what it is well okay well let, let me just say that I, I i love a good conversation a good discussion but i have heard some darts being thrown back and forth and that part is that totally unnecessary because it really does not solve uh anything we know that we're standing on the shoulders of giants ancestors our ancestors my grandfather my great-grandfather arthur's grandfather great-grandfather miss rihanna's all of them they fought john lewis the late john lewis all of these people who fought so that we may have some similarity, but I'm not I'm not naive to think that that we still we have everything is perfect, hunky dory. We don't have anything that we still need right, to be concerned about. Right, but it's a lot better, though, right? I, well, of course it is, of course. Okay. But, 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 I'll but just, right so you so you don't agree with Arthur, then that's all I'm saying, because he was trying to make it seem like he still got it as bad as they do back in the day. When that's a joke. Let, no, no, no American in 2020 got it that. bad like they used to have. I don't, think I, heard, I don't think I heard him say that at all. But, no, but he I said that suffering continues, inferring that exactly. he's an oppressed victim. Hey, just get out of here. In 2020, are you kidding me? You got to get it together, bro. Sir, you think let, you're oppressed let, in 2020? Let, let, let me, you're just a weak person. Let, That's the only thing. I mean, what let, are you let, talking let, about? Let me, mention, <laughs> let me mention something Seriously. to you, uh, sir. You live in a country where poor people are fat you call yourself oppressed? Come on now. Let, let me let me mention something. Well, well, I think we just mentioned. I can bring you right here to Tyler, Texas, and I can show you a lot of. I, I owned an early childhood education school for twenty years, and unless we sent food home in a backpack for children, they didn't have any food when they got home. That's right here in the city where I live in Smith County. And let me just share this with you that I mentioned the fact that we were prior military. Uh, you can drive about three hours from us right now, and there's a long litany of people who have been murdered right there on a military installation or a few feet from a military installation a mile or so continuously. As of two days ago, we had another person whose life was taken who was stationed there at uh, Fort Hood 
in Catalina, Texas, to be exact. So there are some issues that we still need to work on here in this country. Right, and, and but you got to compare America to other countries. You don't compare America to this imagination in your mind of what a perfect country is. Why could be. do we have At least to give America, America to its other due countries? By, well, because, well, because you're a human being, and unless we you're separating yourself country. from the 7 billion people on the planet, and you think you're better than everybody else, and unless no, you're no, thinking no, no. that you're way. The, wait I, a minute. I, I, you're talking circles. You just said uh, that we are the best country, and we don't know how good we have it. Now we're supposed to compare yes. ourselves if you compare your country country to other countries. One at a time. I'm I'm not saying you're better, like, as in you're better people. I'm saying you have a better country because you got more freedom and you got more economic opportunity than everybody else on the planet. That's a fact. Some of us do. Most of us, you know, have better economic opportunities than most of the people on the planet. What what other country would you rather be a citizen of than the United States, in all honesty? Listen, listen, every time somebody makes a comment, you come back with your interpretation of what they just said. I did not say I can go to another country. I wasn't talking about you, man. I was addressing Arthur. He didn't say oh, I haven't either. said anything yet. You, you keep you keep putting these words into other people's mouths about. If, well, and if you have they to excuse me, ma'am. This is a, this is a five-on-one conversation, so I'm trying to address it, well, multiple points at the same time. No, no, it, it, I don't want it, you to look at it as being attacked. As no, it's a six-person. It's not about being attacked. It's about multiple people making multiple points, and I'm trying to address all these points. But but you need to address the points that are actually made because nobody is saying. That I mean, you you literally were talking about Arthur, uh, you know, for example, um, being you know a, a bigot against Christians. I do believe Arthur is a Christian. He doesn't talk about religion and bring things into it. He just said that he is God is and it doesn't then, exist, and that God didn't write no, the Bible. Did you call him a Christian? No, I said it ain't that. Not your business. He did is what not I said. Say that. He said, he, "Ma'am, are you telling it me that Arthur did business. not say that God didn't I write the Bible?" Are you serious? Business is what I said. No, no, that's what he, that was his opening statement to me when I mentioned the issue of pro-life. He said man wrote the Bible. Oh, so so as a Christian, you believe that the Bible is inspired by man and not by God? And you call yourself a Christian? No, 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 man wrote it, inspired by God. That's the Christian perspective. That's not the point Arthur made. Arthur was trying to make the point that the Bible is not from God. That's what his point he was trying to make. That's not what he said. That's your point. Oh, my God. So you're telling me this whole time you've heard Arthur, you think he's a Bible-believing, God-fearing Christian? Are you serious? I know. I know. Miss Rihanna, Miss Rihanna, and 612, just a second. Mr. Arthur, would you like to say anything in regards to yourself? There you go. The man is a God-hater, and every one of you know it. Come on now. That's not basically. That's a new Mr. Arthur. Let me say this. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Let me say this without you know, you know this, and I'm glad we had this discussion. Six one two. I'm glad you called, because basically, you know, and, and again, like I said, these kind of conversations we need to have. You know, and, and this is what's happening. You know, in America, you know, people, you know, people coming over from different countries, and they're indoctrinated. You know, into the, you know, into the <laughs> system, and then oh so, and, 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 and what they're able to do, and what they're able to do, you know, they can come out, come in, and you know, just basically do the, you know, typical Republican thing. Which is to interrupt and not let oh folks finish their comments and so forth. But, but, but I grad, but, but I definitely oh thank you for coming on I thank for coming on. You are hilarious, bro. You're talking about indoctrination. You, a, a black American, literally speaking what the white man taught you to say, what the white man taught you to think. 
with white man inverted you. You rejected your own culture. You're embracing a culture that's completely separate from anything you came from. What are you talking about, indoctrination? What is that based on? What are you based that's on? That's based on African because culture. In our culture, we don't we don't embrace abortion or homosexuality or this, these views that are just espousing. We don't we're not, we're not on board with that. You're, that is a European and American way of thinking. That is a Western have, way of thinking. You and I have And he's talking about it. He's talking on he's the one talking about indoctrination. Sir, you are no, the direct byproduct of Western thinking. You don't even know it. <laughs> okay. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I'm glad you're on the line. I'm glad you're on the line. I'm glad you're on the line. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to jump back It's amazing. Again. See, I'm going to jump back in you, you now. Got, just guys like this Go who ahead. throw stones and try to duck and try to act like he didn't say what he said and now he's trying to play nice. You're a joke, bro. I'm going to tell you that right now. You have... Sir, you well, you're, you're the one that came out aggressive time. against Christianity, against God. I no, addressed you. You, you made your little point. You try to make, and I come this? back at you. Now you want to fall back and play nice. You're a clown, man. Straight up, and you, you know have, that too. You have been corrected on this multiple times on multiple issues. That Nobody's corrected me on anything. Characterized. I have. I have many times. You have repeated back to him some convoluted. Thing that you, you don't said even know what he said, said ma'am. Multiple You're the one times. trying to pretend he's I'm a Christian. The show, I've got it all on recording. I know exactly what he said. I'm <laughs> with him every Monday night. I know what he thinks about this. I know what he said about this tonight. I know what he said about yeah. it last Monday night, the Monday night before. <laughs> I've corrected you and what, what multiple does that prove? times. When you have mis- Please stop. When you have misconstrued his words, thrown back something that you say he said. Okay, give me say. one thing I misconstrued that Arthur said. I've, I've already Let done this, this with you. I'm not doing it again. You've already been told. He's you haven't not, told me anything. You're the one that you. misstated okay. the point when he said that God didn't write the Bible. And then no, you no, try no. to spin again, it like, the only thing Arthur meant was that it's that men that wrote it, but God inspired it. That's not what he meant. Because He was trying to make it clear that the Bible words. did not come from God, period. That's the point he's trying to make. As if to say it's not legitimate. But you know you're defending no, him. You want to cape for him, and you want to be a cheerleader. That's on you. You're okay. You're you're gonna have to chill out here and listen. You have been told repeatedly that that's not what he said, because that's not what he said. Just because you keep saying he said it, doesn't mean he said it. Period. That's exactly You've what done he that said. Several period. Times. Okay, let's just let's just yes. ask Arthur. Okay. Arthur, okay. do you believe let, let, you believe, let, let you believe in God and are you Christian? Uh, can I well, can I jump in? Can I jump in, for, please, if you don't mind. Okay, we we know we know this unequivocally right here, and what Mr. Arthur was saying. We know that Saul, when he was on the road to Damascus, right? He became. We know later on. Saul became Paul. Oh, my gosh. He I know you're convert- not trying to compare Arthur no, to the Saul Apostle was- Paul. Come on now. No, I'm really? talking about the Bible, sir. I'm talking, if you allow me to talk, no, I'm not talking. About, no, I'm not comparing Arthur. I'm talking about the who wrote, who actually was inspired by Jesus God to write the Bible. And that's what Arthur was saying. It was the apostles who actually got the, they walked and talked. They saw Jesus. They saw him. So, therefore, they were inspired <laughs> to write the Bible. 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament was written by Paul, who was previously called Saul, and he was converted on the Damascus Road. They're inspired by the Holy Spirit. Said. That's what you, 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 you agree with that, right? Absolutely, 100% okay. correct. So let's just, let's just ask Arthur right now. So, Arthur, was the Bible inspired by the Holy Spirit? 
Well, you know, if I was talking with somebody else that I thought I could have an actual conversation with, you know, I would actually try to answer, but I don't believe in going of to dark holes. Of course, you're going to duck the question. Nothing, I know you would. There's nothing in there. So, so well, well, there's nothing to discuss. But, but thank yeah, you. Go ahead, man. Uh, you I see take, what I'm saying? I told you. I the joke. He's going to duck the question. I take now. care of my there you soul. Go. You take care of yours, okay? You take care of yours. Okay. Leave my soul. The Bible says the cowardly don't inherit the kingdom of heaven, by the way. Yes. We know. We are all all of us on the line. Uh, special guests know that I told you, I see y'all defended him But then when when, when the the rubber met the road And we asked him to direct Okay, I had to mute He can't let you talk Please go ahead, Dr. McKellar Okay, all I was saying is that We know Arthur our guest doesn't know really know Arthur. We know Arthur was born and bred in the Baptist church and grew up in the Baptist church. We know that. We know what the biblical teachings are in the Baptist church. And so I, 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 really, I really appreciate uh, the conversation tonight. Uh, it, it's, it's a needed conversation. Uh, perhaps uh, uh, we, we don't do enough of it, but we've done a lot of it. Uh, we've done a lot of it, but people try to to separate because in, in America, I'm sure the guest knows that there is a law that has separation between church and state. And so, whereas we may not always talk about this every single uh, week on our shows, this is a conversation that we have talked about. And as Ms. Rihanna mentioned, we talked about these things in detail. And and so. Everybody does not always see things the same way. We, I can read a scripture. Miss Rihanna can read a scripture. Mr. Arthur can read a scripture. And our special guest at 612 can read a scripture. And we may come away with different things from that scripture. But once we sit in dialogue and discuss it, then we may eventually say, well, yeah, I can see that that way. And, I'm, and I share with you that every single morning, every time I read a scripture, uh, I, may, I may come away with something that I didn't come away with. That's why you have to continue to study to show yourself approved because workmen that need is not right divide the word of truth. And that is really crucial. And, and Pastor Cooper is on that other line over there. We know that we have to learn to divide rightly, rightly divide. And how do we do that? By continuing to study, 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 study. Well, it's 949. And so I'm going to do a round robin. I'm going to go and start. I'm going to start right there with uh, Ms. LaShawn and have any final comments. Uh, and we thank our special guests for coming on. And I'm getting lots of text messages saying thank you guys for, for, these, uh, for this discussion. I learned a lot. And so that's the key right there. If people learn from discussions, because if we had not had this discussion, one young lady said, I, I've learned so much, I, I didn't even know that the apostles are the ones who actually wrote the Bible uh, and that God is the, the Holy Spirit and God, the Trinity, gave that inspiration uh, so that these words can be written. So, Ms. LaShawn, do you have any final comments? Yes, I do. First, I want to thank you so much, Dr. McKellar, for hosting your show tonight, for having all of us on here, myself, Rihanna, um, Arthur, Arthur, excuse me, Arthur the bishop, um, and everyone else who, who was on, uh, Dr. Nichols and everyone else who's been on with us. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Um, and so uh, a few points very, very briefly, very quickly. Um, just earlier, you know, the 612, the, you know, he had said, um, right, that both parties are, like, corrupt, they're not good, or whatever, whatever, whatever. To me, personally, as a Democrat, as an individual, to me, that's a cop-out, because at the end of the day, the only way you can improve upon something is if you work on it, right? You try to fix it. If my car gets a flat tire, and I'm like, well, 
throw the whole car away. It's no good now. You know what I mean? It's worthless. Uh, whoever, the company didn't make it right. No, I have to go in, you know, and I have to repair it. Same thing like changing your oil. It takes maintenance, yeah. and I feel like our democracy is, is the exact same way. It takes maintenance. And, you know, in, in speaking on, you know, a lot of the, the religious things and uh, aspects of Christianity, you know, we're human. We're mankind. We're going to make mistakes. We're not going to get it right every time. You know, and that's kind of the, the whole part of why there is a path to salvation. Okay. And then <laughs> second point on top of that, uh, just one more thing. He had he had uh, addressed something about, oh, God, I forget exactly what he said, but basically like like uh, African-Americans or black Americans, whatever, not not having or not knowing our own culture. I think maybe the word he used was indoctrined or whatever. And I I just like to say this, um, and and then that'll be it. Is that again? You have to realize that the culture that we do have. Well, first of all, because he he mentioned something about Africa. Um, all that was stripped from us, right? And he was talking about, oh, you're talking like the white man, yada 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 yada. Well, you know, we didn't have the we don't have the privilege. You know what I mean? Most of us do not have the privilege to know, you know, what our great grandfathers grandmothers you know what their native tongue might have been because that it was literally you're going to yes you're going to be indoctrinated and learn this language or we're going to kill you or torture you or rape you or you know what i mean hurt you in some manner if you don't conform conform and you know throughout our country which is holding suburb we saw that with native americans we've seen that with african americans so on and so forth and so it it's kind of it didn't like you know harp on things like that when it, those are things that are beyond our control you know what I mean? Those are things that are com- – nobody on this call has any control over that, you know, and it is something that, you know, as African Americans, we have to seek out for ourselves, whether it's our religious beliefs, whether it's our political beliefs, whether it's whatever, mm-hmm. because, again, that culture was stripped from our ancestors, and that is something that, you know, we live with after math today. So, anyway, those okay. are my two points thank I wanted you. to make, and, again, I just wanted to thank uh, you. Thank you so much, ma'am. I appreciate that. Our 612 guest, your final comments, please. He hung up a long time ago. <laughs> Okie dokie. As they oh, right. do. <laughs> Miss Rihanna. Miss Rihanna. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we, listen, let me, let me speak on behalf of, of, of this special guest. We, we appreciate him uh, coming yes. in with his comments uh, and everything. And I, I understand I've, I've spoken with lots of people who come from distressed countries and come to America and, and, and they're able to, to get some things that they were not able to get in their own country. They were able to uh, speak freely, uh, get better jobs, live better. Uh, and so, uh, so they can't see or they don't see some of the things that, that we know still exist in this country. Mr. Arthur? Uh, yeah, I just want to just end where I started tonight, and I just want to say that that's why, you know, we need to basically, you know, like l- like look for our, our power from within ourselves, you know what I mean, and find out what that is. And then and then when you run into, uh, uh, you know, the indoctrination process, which is America, you know, you can kind of, you know, put your values up against whatever it is uh, that folks are talking about. You know, the bottom line of it is, uh, you know, we're, you know, we are in a spiritual war situation, you know, war because spirit, that's yes. what's being waged. So, you know, yeah. so the bottom line of it is, uh, so your spirit do have power. Your spirit do mean something. That's why you need to uh, figure out what kind of spirit you have and, like, impress that upon the world. Okay, thank you. Uh, uh, Pastor Cooper. Yes, I'm still here. Uh, thank you so much yes, again, uh, 612 caller. Thank you, uh this is where I want to start uh, my campaign. Uh, I'm going to wait till after the day of the election to announce officially 
But this is it. Okay. And, and my campaign is for, for, for God's people. And uh, no matter what their position is, Mark 12 says, love the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. Watch this. In Africa, you say don't be a, a, a gay person. How is that working? They still have gay people. So just because you say do something doesn't mean that it's going to be done. So, so there's work to be done. And because you're a, a, a slave in the house and not an outside slave does not mean that you're not a slave. So it doesn't mean that you don't stop working for, uh, to, to help free yourself and others. So at this point, yeah. we're slaves to the system. So as uh, my friend and cohort, Arthur Fleming, always tell me, do something different. I want to throw the system out and start over. We don't need criminal justice reform. We need a new criminal justice system. So I'm going to fight. Mm-hmm. So he can come over here and have fun and enjoy America. That's great uh, uh, for him. But uh, just because something is good doesn't mean that we want it we don't want it better. So that's where I am. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I, I look forward to after the election. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to that. Uh, Ms. Rihanna, any final comments? And because I know you're going to have the final final, but do you have any, anything else in regards to anything that's been said tonight? It's 956 and we do want to sh- uh, play our uh, commercial before we end and before we have our song. Ms. Rihanna. Yes, I just want to take this opportunity to, to pull the new mother card. My hormones are raging. Sorry, I yelled so much tonight. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play that card since I have it. You can play that card. That's your card. But I, I do want to say this because we've been together. A lot of us on this line have been together for a lot of years, doing the same yeah. thing and talking about all of these issues and loving this country. And Miss Lashawn yeah. said it so. Well, it's a cop out to say, oh, they're all the same. Everybody's the same. Well, no, I'm not the same. You're not the same. We're Democrats. We're not the, you know, what are you, what are you doing if you're not trying to make things better? We're supposed to be striving for a more perfect union. And, um, you know, we're all on here trying uh, and out in the world trying every single day to make things better. The struggle does continue. That's just a fact. The rest of the world knows it. That's why all across the world people are marching and painting pictures of George Floyd and getting on board and talking about these issues more and and getting things out in the open more. And that's why we're moving forward. Like Mr. Arthur always says, we're in a change moment, and it's a cop-out to say otherwise. Thank you so much for that, Ms. Rihanna. Go ahead and play our – our, our final advertisement for the night, Ms. Rihanna, and then we'll then bring it back to me. That's the 30-second one, and then I'll have a final comment, and then I'll give it to you. This is Carol G. Robinson, State Chairman of the Texas Coalition of Black Democrats, and I'm reaching out to remind you to vote, and to vote Democrat from top to bottom on your ballot. If you're voting by mail, fill out your ballot and mail it back as soon as possible. Don't wait. Early voting begins in person on October 13th and ends on October 30th. Election day is November 3rd. Vote Democrat. Political ad paid for by the Texas Black Democrats Pact. Thank you so much for that, Ms. Rihanna. Listen, we already know the struggle continues. And the one thing that I can tell you that we're never going to do on this show is that we don't compromise our values. We have them. They're rich and they're strong and they're powerful and we believe in respect, and we believe in taking care of each other. Uh, but we know unequivocally 
we still have a lot of work to do. Just like we have work to do in our families, that life continues. It doesn't stop. It's ongoing. It continues until death do its part. Thank you, Ms. Rihanna. It's all yours. Join us again next week on Marvelous Monday. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be the heavens, no man, no weapon, formed against, yes, glory is destined, everyday women and men become legends, sins that go against our skin become blessings, the movement is a rhythm to us, freedom is like religion to us, justice is juxtaposition in us, justice for all just ain't specific enough, one son died, his spirit is revisiting us, true and living, living in us, resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up When it go down, we woman and man up They say stay down and we stand up Shots, we on the ground, the camera panned up King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up One day, when the glory comes It will be out, it will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no. Glory, glory, oh. Woman and child, even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now. Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles from dark roads, heroes to become a hero. Facing the league of justice, his power was the people. Enemy is lethal, a king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a ball ego, the biggest weapon. It's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win a war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day, when the glory comes It will be ours
Good night, everyone. Thank you for joining us and Marvelous Monday. See you next week. Bye now, Mr. Arthur. Uh, Good night. (laughs) Can't dance.